Welcome into the Hoopstradamus Studios live from the internet. I'm Adam Shelf, we're joined by special guest Andrea Urban, and today we are talking about a little jazz, a little smooth jazz, a little cool jazz, a little Dave Brubeck, maybe maybe some Paul Desmond, John Coltrane. That's that's what you came on for, right? Um, I think you have the jazz mixed up. I'm actually here to talk about, um, there's this like basketball team in Salt Lake City, Utah, and they happen to go by the jazz, but I think, I know what you were going for, but it's not. That's kind of awkward. Uh, you're telling me there's a, a professional basketball team in Utah. In Utah. Called the jazz. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, and it's so crazy because I live in Utah, and, you, and it's one of those places where you're like, I never expected to live here. But, yep, there is a team called the Jazz, and guess what? They're the number one team in the NBA and have a record of 50-18, and 18, and they're at the top of the West. Let's talk about it. <laughs> okay, yeah, you caught us, folks. We are talking about the Utah Jazz, and uh, maybe we'll talk about the Chicago Jazz Festival. Who knows? Ooh, that's up. actually so fun. Some of the best taco trucks and food. Oh, yeah. And, and I actually am someone who loves the Utah jazz as well as jazz music. And so yeah. two of my favorite. And you know things. what? I weirdly get that from people, too. Like they try to like when like someone knows, you know, me from either the radio or TV or even if they just see me around, they'll be like, oh, you're the girl that's always at things like, you know, since you like the jazz. <laughs> song, always at things. <laughs> I am. I'm literally at every game and everyone's like, how do you, where do you, what? Um, and they're like, so if you loved like the jazz basketball team, you must love jazz music. And I'm just like, oh, cause that's sure. the connection. Sure. I'm like, sure. You're just talking to me. Like I have a camera in my hand. You low key want to be on TV. or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, I'll, I'll give you one jazz for, for you and anyone listening. Uh, my jazz album recommendation of the day is Ooh. Dave Diggs Disney. That's Dave Brubeck. It's all Disney music and it banger after banger after banger. And uh, for me personally, and I, I love how we're accidentally talking about jazz music. That's amazing. Yeah, we do. Um, <laughs> but, um, it, it, it's great because I like to have music with no words before noon uh, i like to wow adam yeah, really i like to have my own thoughts i don't want to hear anyone else's words i want to kind of like work myself into the day uh a nice casual okay. wake up something something to kind of like bring me there have a have a that. check-in with myself you know and that's so- a good little morning routine i'm actually i put on a podcast almost mm, okay always the hoops just in podcast, the background even it's like sure. a comp- yeah, exactly. A podcast <laughs> in the background. Just listen to it every week. Yeah. So anyway, we're here to talk about the Utah Jazz. Right, um, right. Do you have an order of what we're going to start with? Because I can just start wheeling and dealing. Well, let's start with giving ourselves some pats on the back, okay? Because let's rewind to December. You're on the show. Maybe it was maybe it was even November, <laughs> but long ago. You're on the show towards yeah. the beginning of the year. I think it was like before the season even started. And crazy. we were talking about like, hey, the jazz might be really good this year. And uh, Quinn Snyder says he's going to take more threes and they could be really dangerous. And they went from this team with the reputation of being the best defensive team in the NBA for, I don't know, maybe the last three to five years or so. Yeah, to, that was their and, identity. Yeah. And now they're like, oh, they're also the best shooting team in the NBA. 
And I looked up some numbers, Andrea, and it's pretty astounding. So they've hit 1,149 threes this season. The closest is 1,068, and that's the Portland Trailblazers. And uh, yeah, and the Jazz shooting 39.1 from three-point range. That's third best in the NBA to lead the league in attempts. And so to shoot at that volume and to hit at that clip is absolutely insane and it's not an anomaly. We've been talking about this pretty much all season and just yep. a perfect build when you have Rudy Gobert, who's the number one reason that the Jazz are number one in rebounds as well, to surround him with so much shooting. Last year, they were number one in uh, percentage off catch and shoot three pointers, I believe was the right. statistic. And right. they doubled down on their identity. And now we're seeing how dangerous this team can be. And much like a Jazz band, everybody's contributing. Well, and that's the thing is we're without our backcourt, our starting backcourt right now. No Donovan Mitchell, no Mike Conley, and the Jazz are winning games, especially against the Nuggets the other night. I mean, Bojan Bogdanovich, after coming off wrist surgeries, dropping 48 points. I mean, that's what we need from our bench players. George Niang tied his career high the other night, 24. Like, and he's a ninth man, like he's ninth man off the bench type of thing and when you've got those guys showing out and then get this joe ingles is the highest true shooting percentage efficiency in the entire league so that's a combination of two-point field goals three-point field goals and free throws this is the this is the percentage so his his true shooting percentage is 69 percent that's a blend that's a blend of 50 percent from the floor 46 percent from three and 84 percent from the free throw line. Not to what is it? An incredible playmaker. Oh my gosh, he's so chill. It's so crazy. He looks like he's almost lazy, but it's just like he just looks gets like the a job done. Teacher. So he's actually number one in the NBA currently and number eight overall in NBA history. Like wow. Joe Ingles, like jingle all the way. Like what? <laughs> like I, it's crazy. And he even he even he, he talked about it, and he was like, he's like, I don't quite. No, he's like, I, I saw it and I kind of had to double check in. He goes, I was confused. And he's like, it's right. That's me. Like, <laughs> That's unbelievable. So and- when you've got Joe shooting, you've got Boyan hot, um, even George Niang contributing. And then Jordan Clarkson, Mr. Sixth man of the year front runner. Gotta- I mean, Jordan drops 30 to 40 off the bench on a regular basis. And you just can't, and he's just so nimble. He's all over the place. Mm. And he's actually, I shoot video of all the games. He's one of the hardest players to keep track of on the floor because he's just just everywhere. And he's kind of like skinnier and it's just like, whoa, where's he going? And, uh, and it's really fun to, you know, work with him too. And I get it. Like a lot of people are really hard on Rudy Gobert too, but Rudy has been healthy all season long. And when everybody's out from Donovan to Mike to whoever's been sitting out, Rudy's been in the game every single game and making a difference. Um, I think he's averaging a double-double. And still yeah. people are like, oh, Ben Simmons, d- d- uh, he should go depoy. And it's just like. Those, those people are wrong. Should he though? Yeah. So it should 100% be Gobert. Gobert gets a lot of discredit. I mean, seriously, if, if Gobert has one play like where someone, you know, crosses him up or, you know, throws down around Gobert's area, it is all over Bleacher Report and everywhere. And if Gobert like has an amazing like one-handed dunk, they don't even show 
they don't even show his dunk. They only show his fails. So I found it super interesting how just, I don't know, overlooked or cut down Rudy Gobert really is, but it's obviously working for the jazz. And I'll just wrap this up here is it's, you said it perfectly. Everyone is contributing in one thing I love and this kind of goes into my basketball philosophy is everyone knows their role. Everyone embraces their role and everyone has a very fun role, which doesn't always happen. But one of the things we don't talk enough nearly enough about with Rudy Gobert is he is the, I believe he's leading the NBA in screen assists. He just gets guys open. And when you have a team that their identity is predicated on getting open looks from the outside, it's so important to have that guy who is going to have the wide shoulders, that seven foot two frame and get an open look for whoever it may be. Because apart from him, every single player on that team can shoot. And we'll talk about the defense as well, but it's astounding. You look up and down that roster and how many guys are shooting either high thirties or low forties. It's you can't really afford to leave anyone And obviously a great candidate for defensive player of the year, but also the best screen assist guy in the league statistically. And so even though he's not a shooter himself, he's responsible, indirectly responsible for the jazz getting so many open looks. And so you can't underestimate his offensive impact either. No, a hundred percent. Here's the thing. Rudy Gobert is the type of player who doesn't always build up the stats. He's the guy who isn't going to always gain stats, but he's going to make a difference on the floor. And uh, we call it the Gobzilla. Gobzilla. We call him Gobzilla in Utah. And we call it the Gobert factor when he's out on the floor. And, <laughs> and, and we saw the Gobert factor the other night. Um, they were like, you know, just sending the ball down the court and, you know, everyone was still kind of getting there. And it was one guy versus Rudy and he stopped turned around and pushed the ball back out. And Rudy started nodding and the entire place just went nuts because right there is the go bear factor. And then everyone goes when they cheer like super deep Rudy voice. And, uh, and you can just tell he makes the difference when he's out there and Utah's behind him. And I know that there's talk for Ben Simmons for deep boy. And there's talk that Rudy doesn't deserve it because um, the other day or whatever, like Russell Westbrook, like scored like a dagger of a shot on Rudy and it, or, and Devin Booker crossed him over and all these things like the list goes on. But the thing is, is like, if you look at the overall regular season, Rudy Gobert has made an absolute difference. And I don't care if you've got a couple highlights of, you know, good players doing like something on Rudy. Overall, in the big picture, the guy's putting up three, four blocks, five blocks a game. He almost had a triple-double with blocks uh, a couple games ago. I get them all mixed up, but he had nine blocks, and he was just like – at the in the post game interview, he's like, you know, I usually don't like try for blocks. And he goes, but, man, this last five minutes, I've been doing nothing but trying for blocks. And uh, not bad to get 1.8 blocks per game if you're not even trying for them. So still doing a pretty good (laughs) job at that. Uh, Exactly. Yeah, I I really couldn't have said it better myself. And it seems like the Jazz could wrangle up a lot of awards this year. You know, Defensive Player of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Coach of the Year. One I want to circle on because I think this is the closest one for me where I think Rudy and uh, Jordan are running away with their respective awards. Coach of the Year, I think, is like kind of a three-dog race. Quinn Snyder could absolutely be your pick, but... Tom Thibodeau is probably my pick right now. The Jazz were already a really good team last year where the Knicks 
uh, have taken massive leaps forward and are actually one of only two teams allowing less points per game than the Utah Jazz. Yeah, and that's the thing is I think Quinn Snyder with with just staying at the top of the West almost the entire season, except when the Suns kind of came in and drug it away from uh, the Jazz. I think that that's kind of where Quinn was taking that coach of the year, and he got coach of the month back to back when uh, the Jazz were on their 11 game win streak, and uh, it was actually one of their longest in franchise history. So it's definitely clear that Quinn is you know building. It's funny because Quinn brings in guys like George Niang and Mieoni. And you hear these names like Jarrell Brantley. You don't even, you've never heard of these people before until, uh, but, but Quinn has this vision and he's always talked about how I'm going to build this team with players that I know that can do it and will buy into my philosophy. It doesn't always take the best guy, the best star. I mean, we've got the Donovans and the Rudys, but we don't need a bunch of stars. We can build a team here. Mm-hmm. And I think these guys have bought in. I mean, you saw it with Derek Favors. He came back to the Jazz to play for Quinn. So Quinn's a really good coach, a really good, I don't know, guy friend to these players that they play for him. So I see it both ways because, yeah, the Knicks, like the other day I was talking about, I, I've been doing reports on the Suns a lot lately too because of how close they are to the Jazz. And I believe like the Knicks really, Really, really gave the Suns a run for their money. And I said it on the radio. I'm like, yeah, like the Suns, like tough one against the Knicks. And I'm like, and that is correct because the Knicks are a real team this year. So I've uh, talked about it in several different ways, how you can take uh, New York more seriously. And when the New York Knicks are back, like I want them to be back. So Mm -hmm. I see it both ways, but man, how awesome would it be to take Depoy six man and coach of the year? And first in the West, that would be one of the and first in the West. That's like, is that's probably the best regular season since Stockton Malone, right? No, it is. It is. It's better than that. Yeah, it's or, better. This, this season is the best. <laughs> this season is this season is the best in Jazz franchise history, as far as win percentage goes. Yes. Wow, there it is, folks. An overall record. Yeah. You heard it here first. That's incredible. And yeah, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, those teams went to two straight NBA finals, which leads me to the natural next question. Is that something this team can accomplish? You know, there's obviously the West is pretty wild. Last night, Anthony Davis is on a mission, right? He's back as he screams to the crowd on that alley-oop finish he had. And the Suns are there. The Nuggets, yeah. despite Jamal Murray, they're right there. The Trailblazers are healthy, but filled with nah, the Trailblazers don't have a chance. Let's be honest. But can this Jazz team do it? <laughs> well, and that's the thing, and everyone keeps saying is uh, you know, the Jazz are a really good regular season team. And what what Rudy's defensive skills tell me is that they're a good regular season team. And we'll take them seriously if they can do something in the postseason. And I mean, you saw it against the Nuggets last year. The Jazz blew a 3-1 lead. So it's tough because what we're loving and seeing right now is just a regular season, you know, different team, different night, sometimes back-to-back games with COVID and stuff, but still different teams, different circumstances. Can the Jazz play possibly seven games in a row and make different game plans against the same Mm -hmm. team to win this one out? The chess match. I think, I think, I mean, 
I was I would say no. See, I'm like all indecisive over here. I was going to say no a couple of weeks ago, but then when Donovan and Mike both came out and were unhealthy and, and had to be out of the game and I saw the jazz start winning games without Donovan Mitchell and without Mike Conley, who are playmakers and scorers, I was kind of like, you know what? We have the depth and we have the team chemistry. Like, I truly do think that we could see the Jazz in the Western Conference Finals. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say national, you know, finals champions, but um, I do think that West West champs is in our future. Wow. That would be, that would be wild. And wild. I, I think, dare I say, really good for basketball, right? People talk about teams like the Knicks being good for basketball. good for basketball in a sense that it's such a stars league, right? This is a small market team that just plays the game the right way. And that's subjective. What do you think the right way is right? A lot. Some people might say uh, the right way is the Mike D'Antoni way and uh, you know, small ball and isolation, constant pick and rolls. I think the right way is everything the jazz do take a lot of threes, defend the three, really damn well and uh, share the ball. And when you don't have your starting backcourt, because then that was the point where I'm like, all right, this jazz team's about to fall off. I'm waiting yep. for it here. The Suns are going to finish with the best record in the conference. But as you said, they really haven't skipped a beat. And another thing, because I always have to do my research, I have to do my homework before these shows. And right. I was really surprised to see, like, I know Donovan Mitchell plays hard. I know he's got some dog in him, but he leads the league in loose balls recovered per game. So that guy is just a hustler. No plays off. Yeah. Well, and in addition to that, um, and back to the three point shot. So the jazz have been setting franchise records left and rights for threes scored in a game in a first half. So this, this season against the Hornets, The Jazz scored 28 threes in a game, and that was the new franchise record, just one shy of the NBA record. Which I think is the Cavs. I'm not sure, and I'm not going to say it, but I do know that that there was a couple missed threes towards the end of that game. And like in the post game interview, Donovan's like, we were one off the NBA record. So that's what I was basing it off of. Um, But it's just one of those things where the game of basketball is changing and the the, the three point shot is the way to do it. And it used to be very, get it to the big man who will throw it down. And now it's get it to the nimble guys outside of the, you know, on the perimeter and, and making those shots. And, and if you, if you start making back-to-back threes, you can feel the energy in the arena. Mm -hmm. You can feel the, the ego in the guy just lit and, uh, and it's game changing. And that's why the jazz are winning these games because everybody shoots threes and uh, and then you also have a possible defensive player of the year on the other end. Yeah. And it's the Milwaukee bucks uh, hold that. Oh. Record. I, had to, I had to check it. Good. Uh, I'm glad. And glad that was did. really recently. So they're right there with it. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if they break it before the season's said and done, they obviously have the roster for it. Right. I mean, there's only four games left of the season, I believe. So uh, we got the warriors tonight. I'm not sure when you're putting up this podcast. So sorry if I said the wrong thing there, but they got the Warriors tonight. tonight. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Okay, sweet. They got the Warriors tonight at eight without Donovan and Mike Conley. So this will be an interesting one because 
is stuff going to go off? You know, can we defend that? Like now less about the shooting and more about defending these guys who are going to shoot right back at us. So um, I, this has been such a fun team to cover and like, it's been so crazy with the less capacity. And then we've slowly built capacity throughout the season. The, the, the game against the nuggets the other night with the 48 from bogey was a feeling of, man, we are back. This feels like a packed house, like the energy in this place. And, and it just felt like, uh, you know, 2019 all over again. And I mentioned that earlier, but it's just, if we can just get back to that point, like this jazz team is thriving right now and I cannot wait to cover them in the playoffs um, and I really do hope that they can prove all the naysayers wrong who talk about regular season you're good at the regular season and I hope this postseason can just be so good what teams scare you the most is someone who's regularly covering this team um I'm talking this is for the east I I think the Sixers Ooh, interesting okay the, the Sixers and the Jazz have drama when it comes to Joel Embiid claiming that he's depoy. You got Ben Simmons with the rookie of the year drama between him and Donovan Mitchell. Mm. Um, and then you also have Ben Simmons now talking about defensive player of the year. And then even uh, when the we beat the Sixers when they were here in Salt Lake City and then Jazz go to Philly and lose to the Sixers, I believe, to end either our eight game or our 11 game win streak. It was a big win streak and uh, and the Sixers ended it. And even Tobias Harris was a little bit chippy out there. And there's a there's a little bit of a rivalry, like unspoken, not really like, you know, not out on social media, but you can see it between the jazz and the Sixers that when they get on the court, they're both trying to approve to each other that they're the better teams. Interesting. So they just don't like each other. Oh, I feel it all the time. And when they come to town, you can feel it. We're all just like, ah, screw these guys. They think that they're better than us. And like, it's the same old, same old. Everybody thinks they're better than everyone, but you feel it a little bit more with the Sixers almost in like a disrespectful way. Wow. Well, they're disrespectful, period. All right. Like, <laughs> let's let's be clear. That fan base is ridiculous. Yeah. Some of the journalists who cover that team are a little ridiculous. You know, people. Yeah. A, a few weeks ago, a, a Sixers beat reporter, and I think they're just trying to troll, right? This guy uh, put out his top five for MVP. And frankly, it's a runaway. It's not. Close. Oh, it's Jokic. Yeah. And so this guy doesn't even have Jokic in his top five. He's got Damian Lillard in there. Give me a break. Take a hike. You are on. You're smoking something out yeah. there in Philly. We're just trying to be rude. Just trying to be that jerk. These are the just people who to- threw snowballs at Santa Claus. <laughs> I mean, let's let's call it what it is. They are they're monsters, mm. really. I don't know if we have a lot of listeners in Pennsylvania, but you're not getting yeah. an apology from me. No, we're not. We're not. And you know what? I'm sure maybe you're a good person, but if you're, if, when it comes to that fan base and just that team, it's, it's drama city. And, and, and I get it. Like they've got, I guess they have like what you could call like celebrity basketball players when you've got Ben Simmons, you know, dating the Jenners and whoever else he's been dating. And you and same with like, like the Blake Griffins of the league, like those kind of guys are so focused on their ego that, mm. that like basketball sometimes takes, it's, it's more like a drama city. And I just hate when Ben Simmons runs his mouth and, um and you see it all that you see it when the jazz are on the court with the six series, it's just a vibe. Uh, and it, I just feel it and I see it. And when they're here, like I get it with the nuggets, there's a rivalry with the nuggets because of the West and because of our playoff run last year. And then also, 
just in general being so close state wise, I feel like there's like a, like, Oh, nuggets are our local rival or whatever. But if we're talking like from me seeing these guys play, the Sixers are that team. And also the nuggets totally stole the Utah jazz uniform. Look (laughs) like a hundred percent. Like, Mountains or yeah, give me a break. Yeah. Give me a break. They literally stole it. And you know, I, I know what they're trying to do. I was in Moab a, a few weeks ago and it's beautiful. You know, it's the, the sunset and you know, obviously geographically pretty close, but you know, I don't know if this is the official name, but it's clearly supposed to be like the arches national park jerseys that Utah had last year. And yep. then Denver just comes out with this exact same color schemes as oh it's the colorado sunset give me a break yep i saw it too i was like you know what i feel like that reminds me of something yeah i trust me i and then how about when they gave out the earned jerseys for the 20 teams that made it to the playoffs last year um they had like the lakers in like gold and the clippers in like silver and 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 then they put the jazz in just this hideous green color and i'm just like i swear this is like a sense of disrespect towards us like I could just I'm aware of these things because here's the crazy thing is is the Jazz are the number one team in the West and are playing uh the four seed in the West the other night Nuggets and it was supposed to be a nationally televised game but it was announced that LeBron would be coming back and ESPN pulled the one verse four West game to air the Lakers game with LeBron and LeBron strikes again. I get it. He's the star, but don't you want to see the one in 14, like in the entire NBA face off? Like, it's just, it, it's, it's one of those things where the jazz have been overlooked and disrespected for a long time. And I never see updates of them on any sort of Instagram or Twitter page. Like really people couldn't care less. So that's why I want this postseason to just be dominant. So we can just truly say, you know what, you can ignore us or you could just not give us the credit that we deserve, but look at us now we're walking away with hopefully a title. How does the team feel about that? Have you gotten to have any conversations about that fact that they have been kind of slept on and undercovered nationally? Yeah, so it was actually the Sixers game that post-game interviews, Donovan and Rudy went off. And we're like, I'm sick and tired of this. Like, the ref screwed us over. I'm sick and tired of these people doubting us. How do you expect us to do anything when this is happening? And they went off and swore and all these things. And uh, both Donovan and Rudy got fined by the NBA. And after one answer, uh, the the mediator of the press conference was like, all right, Donovan, that'll be enough. Thank you. (laughs) It's like, and it blew up everywhere. And it was just like, and then of course they, they're angry. They're, they're like, how much more can we keep going and keep showing you? And you guys are going to always go against us because we're that little market. So, um, they definitely feel it, but they almost have, they almost use it to be better, to embrace it, but it definitely gets, it gets old. It gets old. And, uh, and Donovan's been experiencing it and Mike Conley being an all-star last minute because someone else dropped out and couldn't. And now it's like, well, I guess we'll give it to you, Mike Conley. And it's just like, man, the, j- the jazz are and Rudy Gobert and Donovan were the last picked in the all-star like pickums when they were picking the teams for mm-hmm. LeBron versus Giannis or whatever. And it's just like, or was it LeBron? Yeah. And it's just like, 
what is this? Like the little kids on the playground, you leaving us behind when really we're the number one team. It's so mind boggling yeah. to me. And I talked to jazz fans and they're like, listen, this is how it's always been. And like, now I'm invested because I'm, I live here and I'm directly a part of it, but it's just, I've been a part of it for two years and I feel it. Yeah. Yeah. So deep. So. I think it was LeBron KD, LeBron Giannis. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, either way picked last, both of them disrespectful. It is both of them. Donovan yeah. Spider Mitchell. Really? Yeah. And then broody very last. It's just so cringe when I was watching it and, and there it goes again, the disrespect, the disrespect, they talk about it all the time. So they definitely talk about it, but it's one of those things where it's like, we'll keep going. Like, of course that's going to be their answer. Yeah. And, and I think Donovan Mitchell is starting to come into his own. Obviously I help, I hope he can be super healthy for the playoffs because they're just so much yep. better with him. They're obviously good without him too, but you'd be crazy no. to say they're not a better, I mean, geez, the guy's yeah. like a little bit more of a modern version of Dwayne Wade. I don't yep. know if he's ever going to get to that uh, level that Wade got to no disrespect to Mitchell, but Dwayne Wade's a right. top five shooting guard of all time. But right. Uh, some of the ability to finish some of the body control, some of the uh, ability to create a shot off the dribble super quick. But Mitchell yep. is far and away a better three-point shooter already than Dwayne Wade ever was. And I think this is his time to prove himself as a superstar if the Jazz are to make that deep run into the NBA Finals. Right. Then it is going to be on the back of Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and where Rudy Gobert is going to be doing a lot more of that dirty work, getting guys open on those screen assists, uh, getting his 15 rebounds a game and his three blocks and occasionally his 18 points or something. It's going to be also and more focally, if you will, on Donovan Mitchell putting up multiple 40 plus, maybe 50 point games in the playoffs again this year. A hundred percent. Or if you've got bogey, mind you, the jazz did not have Boyan Bogdanovich last right season. And people forget, people forget. And it's funny because everyone's like, well, you guys, you guys still were going to lose anyway, even with Boyan. And it's like, were they? No, (laughs) no. Yeah, exactly. No, he was one of our best three point. He is one of our best three-point shooters, maybe our best, if you really look at it. And I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but now you have him who's healthy. And then you bring Donovan back. And the good thing about Donovan's injury is that it is just an ankle sprain. And it happened against the Pacers like three, four weeks ago. He's going to rest up right now until he is so rested and lit to get back on that court. And once he does get back on that court, it's a game changer. And it was actually crazy that the day that Donovan rolled his ankle against the Pacers was the day that Dwayne Wade um, publicly announced that he was becoming a a co-owner of the jazz and, uh, you know, joining the ownership group. And he was, Dwayne Wade was at the game. And I'm like trying to shoot video of Dwayne Wade with Ryan Smith, the owner of the jazz. And then all of a sudden there's like a whistle and like Donovan's on the ground and I have to like get over, I'm shooting Donovan video and I'm getting calls from my producer going, we need you to go live to talk about Dwayne Wade, but you need to send us that video of Donovan like right now. And it's just like, this is all happening at one time. Can we just do one thing at once? Can we not have one guy get injured and one guy announce that he's buying a team in the same day? Like, it's just like. They're within like the same 10 minute window. Yeah. Yes. Live seriously. TV folks. It's not easy. Okay? Seriously. I was like, wait, what is going on? Like, aren't we supposed to be hyping it up? So then we changed the whole storyline of the news and it started with Donovan left the game early, but Andrew Urban's live to talk about, you know, another player 
uh, buying the jazz. And here's the thing about the jazz is it's always been the Millers. The Millers are, you know, an old couple who have owned the jazz for 25 years. And Ryan Smith is one of the youngest now owners of in the NBA. And then you add Dwayne Wade to the ownership group of the jazz. You know how you now have a basketball mind on the Mm -hmm. ownership side and that changes everything. And that also adds so much. So super excited about having D Wade um, on the ownership group because it'll just add a different perspective. Cause right now it's just a bunch of businessmen and now you've got a basketball minded person. That's a great way of putting it. And what kind of impact do you think that could have having Dwayne Wade, that basketball mind at the table now? My gosh, I think that we could gain some different stars. I think Utah could become a become it's still a small market, but be, be, could become a place that people want to be because Donovan, even before Dwayne, you know, retired, like Donovan, uh, Dwayne was a mentor to Donovan and um, on Dwayne's retirement night, uh, Donovan had on his shirt with his tour on the back. And it's just like, you know, they were friends outside of that. And Donnie was a 20, three-year-old, 22-year-old, you know, and now he's 24 and whatever, which is still crazy to me to imagine that he makes $195 million on his contract, but (laughs) I know. And Rudy makes 205 uh, million, but it's our money's to them, but it's just, it's crazy to imagine that, you know, Dwayne and, and Donnie were friends then. And now, you know, he's a part of the ownership group and Donovan plays under him. And I can imagine that when you got, when you start to build a team, with stars, more people are going to want to come and more people are going to want to work with how connected is Dwayne Wade. I also did see a meme though, that like LeBron called up Dwayne and was like, Hey, the jazz are doing way too well right now. I need you to do something for me. (laughs) And then like D Wade was like, hang on a second, dude. Let me, let me see what I can do. Let me check my wallet here. (laughs) And then he buys into the jazz, but I, I mean, you can tell that Ryan Smith and uh, D Wade have a really good relationship and they did an interview that day and it was just so genuine. And they were like, man, we've been friends for years, but we've never talked business. And he's like, and once Ryan bought this, it was like, man, I'm free right now. I'm a businessman. He's like, I'm retired. He's like, I need something else. And, and that's what he does. So he's a game show host by night and a jazz owner by day. I think uh, he should sign a contract for the playoffs, just a little bit more depth in the backcourt. I bet Dwayne Wade could come out and give you 15 good minutes a night still. I don't know about Seriously. 35 anymore, but. <laughs> Seriously, we said that the other night. We were like, throw, get, get D Wade in there. We're screwed. Come on. We need somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely a possibility. But yeah, super excited to have him. I mean, welcome to Utah, Mr. Dwayne Wade. How about that? So there's no teams in the West. There's okay. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Which team in the West scares you? Give me at least one team that scares you. Well, if we got 80 and LeBron healthy, the Lakers are of course scary. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and I think the nuggets are a really good team, even without Jamal Murray. I mean, freaking Michael Porter jr. Has grown up. We call him Moderna Pfizer Johnson on this podcast. MPJ. Well, Moderna Pfizer Johnson has absolutely improved beyond what I expected seeing him in person the other day against the jazz. I mean, he posterized Rudy, um, I think like five minutes into the game or maybe even three minutes. He was, it was right off the bat. He just got up and threw down and you could tell he walks around like he runs the place. And so, so the nuggets are actually a, uh, 
real contender. And I do believe that the Mavericks could be too. And gosh, I don't know. I don't know. This is tough. The West is so deep. The West is so deep. The Suns, of course, too. Chris Paul, Devin Booker. You can't discredit those guys. They, they mean they beat the Jazz, and I like I understand that. But, but if I'm looking at you know right now going through the playoffs, like the teams that we're gonna face are you know a seven or an eight, and that could possibly be the Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> In yeah. round one. That's what? terrifying. That's terrifying. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. But. If the Jazz face the Lakers and maybe, you know, they're still dealing with some ankle soreness, you know, maybe like you don't want to ever root for injuries. But like if if the Jazz are healthy and they face a Lakers team, even a little injured. Yep. That's going either way. Oh, we saw in the regular season, the Jazz dominated the Lakers when they came to town and LeBron was playing. AD was not, but LeBron was playing and he left the game in the third, in the start of the third quarter and just was like, I'm, I'm not going to play anymore because we're going to lose anyway. Like literally that's what happened. And, um, and, and LeBron walked away all sassy because we were, and he said, he's like, well, they wouldn't have given us that game if we had our full roster. And it's like, cool, LeBron, but we still won. Sounds and, like an excuse, LeBron. Yeah. And it's so the Jazz are uh, real contenders here. True. Truly, it's just now, can they do it um, back to back to back to back? So, all right. Last, last little question for you. And I'm kind of springing this on. Okay. But so we, we talked about Rudy, we talked about Donovan and the Utah Jazz quietly, one of the better historical NBA teams, in my opinion. Where do those two guys rank on the short list of best Utah Jazz basketball players ever, or even New Orleans Jazz? Oh, wow. Um, are you asking Donovan Mitchell and, and Rudy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so Donovan's up there. Here's the right. thing. Donovan Mitchell's Jersey has outsold John Stockton's. Whoa. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell is the most sold Utah jazz Jersey in franchise history. And he's been here for three, four years. What a stat that is. Yeah. Just bombed the freaking podcast. Yeah. He, so, so I'm putting Donovan at the top because like if he stays here, which he will the next five years, but if he continues to stay here throughout his career, let's say win a national championship, um, there's going to be a statue of him outside the arena. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. There'd have to be. Yeah. Seriously. There, there will be, there's a, there's a Carl Malone and John Stockton statue. Um, and I could see Donovan joining the statue ranks, but, uh, and Rudy, like it's tough. It's tough for me because he's been here for his entire career. Mm -hmm. So you want to embrace Rudy Gobert, but I did notice throughout the COVID drama, um, and just the Donovan and Rudy drama that the jazz didn't really back Rudy as much as I thought that they would, they didn't really defend him. They didn't really say anything. And there was a lot of talk before the jazz re-signed him for 205 million that he would leave. There was a lot of talk and he would say in interviews, I love Utah. I want to be in Utah forever. (laughs) And it's like, it's like, but if you're disrespected by the franchise itself, like, so, so that's where I struggle is I think Rudy is um, at top, top, eight (laughs) okay okay in franchise history it's just it's just when your franchise itself almost almost 
uh, I don't know, overlooks you a little bit. I, I just don't know. I don't know where in everybody else's eyes he's going to stand, but as an overall, I think Rudy has been an absolute all-star this year. He has done so much for the team. He's remained healthy. He's a constant contributor. Um, so I really like him a lot, but absolutely Donovan Mitchell is one of the best, if not the best, um, jazz player okay. in history. Yeah. I would say personally, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like for me, Stockton and Malone are probably still at the top of that list. Of course there. I totally see what you're saying with Donovan Mitchell and what you're saying about the team being more married to him than they are anyone else on that franchise. So I, much so. And then you have like your Darren Williams, your Carlos yeah. Boozers, and even yeah. the easy comp for Rudy Gobert would be Mark Eaton. And we're yep. going way back with Mark Eaton uh, drafted in 1979, yep. uh, but four-time block champ, five-time all defense, uh, one-time all-star, two-time defensive player of the year. And then you compare that to Rudy Gobert, four-time all defense, two-time all-star, only yep. one blocks champion, but apparently he's not even trying for him. Two-time def- <laughs> defensive player of the year, about to be three and uh, three-time all NBA. And so I would say for me, if I'm like kind of looking at a top five, I'm going Stockton Malone and then I'm probably going Donovan Mitchell. And then wow. maybe I go that that's where things get really interesting. Yeah. Because really, uh, yeah, that's when you could make an argument for a lot of different guys. Pistol Pete Maravich. I'll go pistol Pete Maravich. And then I'm going to go Rudy Gobert. So I'm going to go wow. ahead and say that they have two guys within their all time franchise top five right now. Wow. I, uh, I feel that. And here's the thing, and this is totally, and this is an all time, all time, but I think Joe Ingles is going to go down in jazz history because he's done so much for this franchise and he's been here for, I think it's uh, double digit years for sure. And, uh, and obviously he's got, you know, the true shooting percentage and Joe was the guy who got cut from the Clippers and came to the jazz as kind of like a, Hey, maybe you guys want me. And he's just, embraced his role and he's such a a town fate a city favorite mm-hmm. i mean joe joe is a, just a favorite so so not you know an all-time best skill wise but i think joe ingles will also possibly you know get a banner raised or something for him because he's done a lot um for the franchise when it comes to just being a community guy mm-hmm. having a you know raising awareness for autism because his son has it and wow. and so on and so forth so i also want to just toss joe's name in there only because uh people love him people love him in Utah. of a glue guy you know <laughs> and it sounds like on and off the court you, you need those guys uh, good guys in the community and uh yeah. somebody who's so important in every aspect because the, the jazz are going to run through rudy jordan and donovan but it is not going to work without joe ingles and his 46 percent yep. from three absolutely ridiculous yeah so andrea thank you so much for taking the time to join us today is there anything else uh you want to add before we wrap this up um, no, I mean, it's just, I just want everyone to see the jazz for what they really are. Give them a little bit more respect before you go, Oh, Utah, where's that? Understand <laughs> that, uh, understand that there's a real team here who uh, means business. So thanks for having me on Adam. It's always good chatting. Absolutely. And of course, where can everyone uh, find you on social media? Yeah. On Twitter, I'm Andrea Urban TV, a little bit more formal. That's where I strictly 
tweet about sports and only sports and a lot of jazz. Um, and then my personal Instagram, which has now become professional as well, is Andrea Urban underscore because Andrea Urban is taken by an account that has not been activated since 2011. Nice, nice. <laughs> so Andrea Urban underscore Andrea Urban TV on both platforms. And uh, and I'm always posting stuff. I just shared my live shot from the Dwayne Wade news and all that stuff. So look for me there and you can hear me here too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, and as always, folks, check out the Wax Cowboy on Instagram. He's our graphic designer, Evan Buttress. Uh, if you're looking to get some design work done, he's one of the best in the world. Some say the best. And uh, if you're enjoying the show, please give us a friendly rating on Apple Podcasts. And thank you all for the new YouTube subscribers as we approach 50 in Bogdan Bogdanovich or Bojan Bogdanovich, excuse me, fashion. Uh, we're, we're creeping up there. Uh, nice. We'll see you next time, folks. Happy hooping. <laughs>